On this week's episode of Ride the Lightning, the Tesla unofficial podcast, Tesla rolls out a new game for the cars, and I've got an interview with one of the developers. Plus, a particularly savvy woman turns a brand new Model 3 into a truck. Plus, paint options are changing for the entire Tesla fleet once again, and more. What's happening, friends? Welcome to episode 203 of Ride the Lightning, the weekly Tesla unofficial podcast. This one's for June 23rd, 2019. And yes, June 23rd, that means happy summer. Yes, for those of us in the Northern Hemisphere. And if you're down in Australia or New Zealand, where I know I've got plenty of folks listening, I wanted to say happy winter to you folks as well. Uh, it feels good to have summer here. Although in San Francisco, we don't really get a summer, per se. We get more of a light spring at best, but in any case, uh, I'll take it. It's good to have the sun out as I record this. It's been nice. I'm actually doing this uh, podcast a little earlier, just a few hours earlier than I normally do. I typically record late, late Friday night after everyone else in my house has gone to bed, but my company was kind enough to give me a comp day off after the E3 convention from a week or so back, I decided to take it here on a Friday, roll it into a three-day weekend. So thought I would get the podcast done and out to the Patreon supporters a little bit earlier, a few hours earlier, and hopefully that won't come back to bite me with some late-breaking bit of news that happens late on Friday that I miss. But now, real quick, before I get started, I wanted to, to say one more thing. And that is this, if you happen to be one of the many new listeners that my metrics are showing me who found me from the Elon Musk interview, I wanted to say welcome aboard and thanks for sticking around because it's now been a few episodes since the Elon interview. So if you're still hanging with me, that must mean hopefully you like something that I'm doing here. So just thank you so much. You know, this podcast turns four years old later this summer and it's just, it has been a heck of a ride so far. And I'll tell you, with full honesty, it has only gotten more fun. Like if I go back and look at the early episodes, which I don't because I think they're, I can't listen to them. They, I, to me, they're terrible. But to, to just the stuff that, it, we're, that I was covering then to, to everything that goes on now, it's just crazy how far everything has come. And, and it really is. It's all much more fun now. So thank you all. And with that, uh, let me get to the news. I've actually only got a few big stories this week, but they're all super, super interesting stories. And before I get going, a quick shout out to the first wave of right-hand drive Model 3 owners who took delivery in the UK this week. That is, those deliveries have been happening. I wanted to say congratulations to all of you. Your long wait has finally started to come to an end. And hey, speaking of Australia and New Zealand, you folks are up next. So it uh, should be August for you guys, so just a month and a half, hopefully, or so to go for you. All right, with that, let's get rolling. Next up, first up, really, is a bit of my own reporting. I got to check out Beach Buggy Racing 2 Tesla Edition this week and speak with Ralph Knozel. He is a Model 3 owner himself. He's also the co-founder of the game's development studio, which is called Vector Unit. I want to say thanks to Tesla 
who reached out and offered to bring Ralph and a car with the game in it over to me at the IGN office. There is a video up on IGN if you'd like to, to go look at my video of it. Uh, but I've got some kind of ex the extended version here because you know with video you gotta you gotta edit a lot of editing a lot of cutting down but um, there's some I got some little nitty gritty details out of Ralph that maybe you know won't won't work as well for a, a mass IGN kind of audience but for you guys listening to this you probably want to know every little thing so uh, I'm gonna play you the audio. The interview of of uh, Ralph and I sitting in the car. He's in the passenger seat. I'm in the driver's seat. And first I played and just talked to him, and then he jumped in on two-player. There's a split-screen two-player mode where you can either both use touchscreen controls or one of you can use the car, the steering wheel and brake pedal, and the other one can use the touchscreen controls. So uh, I'll mention that this conversation is edited only in the sense that I cut out a lot of the idle commentary of me playing the game because I figured without a visual here on a podcast, that would be awfully boring to listen to. So uh, here's Ralph and I talking about Beach Buggy Racing 2 Tesla Edition. All right, I'm in a Model 3 with Ralph from Vector Unit, and we've got the game loaded up here, Ralph. So uh, character select screen, already some fun details. Uh, we're going to be in a our own little arcade Tesla. There's a supercharger, but... Uh, I noticed that this Model 3 is the same color as the Model 3 we're actually in. So right. are you talking to the car? To, are you checking in with the UI to actually pull that from the, the Tesla? Absolutely. The Tesla team has that. been nice enough to expose the configuration of the car. So right now we're picking up the color and the model. So this is a Model 3 gray. Um, and on the next version, we're going to have more access you know, to the types of wheels you have, whether or not it's a performance version. Oh, yes. So we're going to add those details. The in white interior the option, version. maybe? Possibly. Maybe. That's right. something that's been in discussion. Love it. All good. So, all right. There are, uh, gosh, there are over a dozen drivers to choose from here. Are these all cosmetic or do they actually have different character attributes here? Yeah, each character, uh, in addition to cosmetic, it's uh, they all have different character abilities. So character ability in this game, uh, you can use once in each race. And nice. so it's kind of a... Once you get to the more advanced characters especially, it becomes a very strategic thing. So mm -hmm. you use it at the right time in the race, um, then it can give you a pretty big advantage. All right, so we've got four unlocked to start with. We'll, we'll probably start with uh, Rez here, who's looks like his, he can uh, leave a, a, a Back to the Future style burning fiery trail. That's right. But I see uh, you, you've got the last character unlocked that, that's an unmistakable caricature <laughs> of Starman. That's right. So Starman, you know, this being the Tesla edition, of course we had to put Starman yes. into the game. Well, let's give him a go here. All right. Okay. Oh, a lot of courses too. Lots yes. of tracks. Yeah, there are 22 different tracks available in the game. Um, and, you know, as you play the game, just like with the characters, you unlock different tracks. Yeah. And so that's just kind of fun, you know, to go through. And in order to unlock a track, you just have to come in third or better. In the, in the race before Excellent. that. All right, so just place and you're good to go. That's right. And then there's three levels of difficulty. And of course, you know, we had to name them something appropriate <laughs> Chill, for this performance version. and ludicrous. That's perfect. <laughs> that's right. So yeah, this being your first time, you know, have a go. I would right. recommend chill mode. Um, okay. It's, it's, All right, it's we'll, start, we'll start there. And uh, let's go. All right, Crab Cove, Buccaneer Bay. Okay. All right, let's go to the beach. Okay. We'll go, all right, we'll start with chill. Take your recommendation. That sounds so good. So is, is it, 
is accelerator or am I or am I going it's, with brake? It's auto accelerate and it's just okay. the brake pedal that works. Okay, got it. And the steering wheel, obviously. You can also play touchscreen, but I would recommend uh, the steering wheel. It's a much right. better experience. I love the Tesla appropriate electric motor whines. There we go. There we go. All right. So I'm, I'm so far behind. That's okay. Just it's, getting uh, a feel for it here. It's off for the chicken coop. There we go. All right. So there is, you do need to use, ugh, that's stalagmite, <laughs> yes. but yeah, you, you definitely do need the brake. This isn't like such an arcadey game that you never need the brake pedal. You definitely need it. And I'm sure it gets, so as you go with the higher difficulties, yes. is does the uh, an opponent AI get more challenging or the, yes. the, the sort of controls of the car? Uh, everything gets faster. Okay. The AI gets smarter. Yep. And there's a lot more power-ups that start appearing. So more more complicated power-ups. I've just oh, been lit on fire. Yes, you have. By Raz. <laughs> and then you can also use your own power-ups by either touching the screen uh, on those icons or there's steering wheel controls that control those same ones. Now, I can't help but notice that uh, Raz there is uh, wearing goggles and is somewhat reminiscent of Psychonauts' Raz. Oh. I don't know if that's on purpose, a little nod to Double Fine or just a happy coincidence. <laughs> that is a happy coincidence, <laughs> I have to say. Double Fine's right down the street. I'm sure they would be oh. flattered. All right, so did not place at all. That was a terrible first run, <laughs> but I got a good feel for it. So right. take You're another you were close. Try. The other thing that you can do is that might help you is uh, the steering sensitivity. Oh, nice. Like normally, okay. actually by default, it's turned all the way down. All the way down. Turn the music off again. So this, to me, this is actually my favorite way of playing. Like when it becomes too sensitive, I tend to oversteer. Right. Um, yeah, let's give that let's a go. Give, let's give that a shot. All right. And after this, we'll try the two-player mode. Sure. Okay. So that was Starman. I didn't yes. even... His, what, what was his special ability? It's liftoff. Lift. It's actually really a, a very advanced technique, I would say, because a lot of the other characters, it kind of like wherever you use it, it's a boost. It kind of makes you go faster. With him, this is this will actually hurt you if you use it in some places. So it's a very strategic <laughs> one. So if there's a bunch of stuff to jump over in oh, some tracks, okay. then that's when you want to use nice. it. Nice. So it's uh, it, it's, an, it's an advanced one. Okay. Now, this uh, guy basically well, this drops a fun. whole bunch of beach balls. So yeah. if there's cars around you, they <laughs> they get thrown up. All in right, the air. we'll try beach bro here. <laughs> All right. And uh, we'll stick with chill for now. I'm, okay. Do I'm you want to try a different uh, track? Oh, actually, I should have, but all right. We can go back. Um, I noticed there are, so there are Model Xs in the race. Yes. So all, all three cars represented. Yes, all three um, represented. Are we thinking ahead to when the Model Y and then the Semi and the Roadster come out? Are we going to go yes. add all three of those into the game? Mm, that's, a, that's the plan. Got to do it, right? Got to do it. Of course, the, the Roadster has to just beat everything. Yeah. You know, <laughs> but maybe harder to, to control. I don't know. We'll SpaceX see. mode. Well, that is good stuff. Uh, shall we give the two-player mode a try? Let's, let's do it. I am curious to see how this works. Okay, so you've got to use the touchscreen then. Yes. Okay. And you actually can use a touchscreen if you want to. That would probably be more fair to you, I would <laughs> that's, imagine. That's all right. I've played this game <laughs> quite a few times. Although I, I do need to ask, since, uh, of course, the Teslas support uh, USB gamepads, yes. if, if we plugged in a, a, a 360 or Xbox One controller right now, could you be playing with that while I'm on the wheel? Not right now. Not right now. But okay. that's actually something I'm working on this week. Great. So that's going to come out soon. That's fantastic. You know, this might be the only racing game in all of video games that uh, features 
zero emissions. They're all exclude. They're all right. uh, zero emissions cars. They're all electric vehicles. Yeah, it might be the first EV only racing game ever made. Actually, it's that's it's a first for everything. It's the first purposely made game for a car entertainment system. I love it. That's super center. fun. That's I mean that's an easy way to kill time at a supercharger Absolutely. stop or you know like so waiting for somebody to come out of the grocery store yeah. whatever it is you're doing so and there's a lot to unlock those characters to unlock and a bunch of tracks are yeah. you uh doing leaderboards at all that, that uses the cellular network to you know that is that has been talked about yeah and we plan on a feature like that in the future Excellent. version one we just wanted to get something get out that out. people can play and enjoy understand so that's uh we're talking about that for the future though fantastic well ralph uh, the development yeah. studio is vector unit you're right that's here right. on the north bay thanks yeah. for coming down to san francisco thank you ralph you're welcome. Well, it was great to meet Ralph. I appreciate him coming down from the North Bay to come and see me in San Francisco. So the big concern when Tesla released their own promotional video about this game is the movement of the physical wheels on the car and the rubbing of the tires when you're using the steering wheel control. So I can tell you that they do move. You can see it in my IGN video, but it's pretty minimal. So Unless you're spending hours on this game every day, I personally wouldn't worry about it. This actually, what's interesting here, this came up before, and it seems like a lot of people either missed it, and, and I'm, by a lot of people I mean not the Tesla community, but people outside the Tesla community. Because if you remember uh, the Tesla version of Pole Position that was in the Tesla Tari suite for a little while before Tesla had to remove it from everyone's cars, because apparently it was some sort of a licensing thing where Tesla didn't quite have the, the rights to use it in the way that they used it. Because you remember the, the car was changed to a red Model 3 that you drove in, in pole position. But anyway, I have to say, I, I had a lot more fun with Beach Buggy Racing 2 than, than I had kind of come in expecting. And I mean that with no disrespect, but this is a sequel. This is a, basically a port of a mobile game. Uh, Beach Buggy Racing was a mobile game. And so I kind of thought, all right, this will just be a super simple little thing. Uh, but I was really surprised when I sat down with Ralph. Like, it it controls really nicely on the steering wheel. Uh, the, the graphics look really nice. They're just fun, colorful, cartoony. I like that there's a two-player mode. I like the power-ups. There's a ton of unlockable characters and unlockable tracks. And each of the characters has different special abilities. You heard Starman being the last character there who I got to try. They had him unlocked for me. So yeah, I, I had a really good time with Beach Buggy Racing too, and I am now quite looking forward to getting it in my car, which, uh, which apparently is going to happen in version 20.4. So th later that day, I got the ping on my phone. Uh, actually, when I got home from work, software update available, and I was like, yay, they sent it to me. And I got 20.2, didn't have the game in it. So <laughs> it's not like it's not like Tesla. Uh, I, maybe I was getting a little a little too uh, too in my own head where I, I got home and thought, oh, they, they gave me the demo, and now they're sending me the game. Like, no, <laughs> it wasn't that at all. But um, yeah, it's funny. My, my day job and my night job here at Ride the Lightning have been intersecting an awful lot lately. And I'll tell you, I couldn't be happier about it. I love it. One other thing, too, I should mention, which you, you didn't get a sense of in that audio. I don't think it was, I don't think we recorded this. This was sort of, it was on the record, but off the, off mic, was that uh, the apps tray will be redone in the car 
putting games in their own dedicated spot that's not hidden in the Easter egg basket. The other fun little things like the fart app, romance mode, etc. will go into a section on this new app tray called the Toy Box. So they're going to differentiate the games and the non-games. Also, if you want to go check it out while you wait for your update, uh, meaning Beach Buggy Racing 2, or if you're not a Tesla owner yet, you can play the Tesla Arcade, as they're now calling it, in any Tesla showroom. Next up this week, a very hot topic. This uh, took the community by storm, and, and for good reason. This is just a, an amazing story here. Truckla. Yes, a Tesla pickup truck, not the cyberpunk truck that Elon Musk and his team are designing, but uh, Simone Yetch is uh, a, a creator of robots and, and uh, various mechanical things. She's got a YouTube channel. Uh, she bought a Model 3 and turned it into a pickup truck, a multi-coat red Model 3. Here, <laughs> why do this? What is she doing? Here's an intro. Uh, so I guess like the quick background is, so she made a 30-minute video about it. It's fantastic. I highly encourage you to go watch the whole thing. I'll give you the plug, the link to it in a few minutes. But first, here's just, I have a few clips from this. Here is an intro about this whole project by Simone. I don't know if this is going to be the smartest or the most stupid thing I'm ever going to do, but bottom line is I really want an electric pickup truck, and more specifically, I really want a Tesla pickup, but they haven't released one yet, and rumors have it that they're going to announce one this summer, but then it's going to be like years before you could actually have one, and I don't have time to wait for that. I need to haul lumber and dead bodies right now, so I'm just going to have to make my own. It's the only sane option. Okay, maybe there would be some other options, but let's not think too much about that. Elon Musk, this is me challenging you to making the world's first functional Tesla pickup truck. So as I mentioned, she is a YouTuber. Uh, she runs a YouTube channel where she makes, by her own description, crappy robots, but she uses a different word that's uh, not crappy. I, you know, I try to keep it PG around here. So that is her background. And here now is her plan for how to make Truckla. We've actually been planning this project for over a year. Like it's a year ago that we first had the idea, but then I had a brain tumor and some stuff happened and yeah, but now we're back at it. So I've been working together with Marcos Ramirez, who I've built a bunch of projects with before and we've laid out a plan and these are the basics. This is gonna be super scrappy. Like the truck itself is gonna be great, but the process is gonna be scrappy AF. We're gonna make it out of a Tesla Model 3 because it has a steel chassis, which is easier to fabricate for. The Model S has an aluminum chassis and also some Surprisingly enough, the cheapest option is actually to buy a new Model 3 because they just released their standard range Model 3 and it's actually cheaper to buy that one than a secondhand long range one. We've been going through a bunch of different designs and the easiest thing would probably be to just strip everything in the back and put in a flatbed. So it would just be like a Tesla head with a flatbed butt, with a truck butt. But I don't really like the look of that, so instead what we're gonna do, and which is probably gonna be a lot harder, is to try and save as much of the original body lines as possible. So essentially just cut out the top part of the back seat and of the trunk and then embed a truck bed into the existing chassis. This is gonna be so much work. 
like crazy amounts of work. It's definitely the biggest project that we've ever taken on. So we're gonna need a lot of help. Laura Kampf and Rich Rebuilds are coming in for the first part of this project to help out. And then also we're just gonna bring in as many friends as we can to, to get this done. It's gonna be a pull in favor frenzy, also known as a piff. It's when you pull in favors from all your friends to get something done. Yeah. We're gonna piff all the way to Truckla. What you'll see in the video is that she's got full schematics and a very, very robust plan. She has definitely thought this through. And again, the video is super interesting to watch. And the best part, I think, after watching this, is that she has fun the whole time and never takes this too seriously. You'll hear in her early part of the video where she's she's a little nervous about spending, you know, $35 plus $1,000 on a car that she's just going to hack up. But uh, once she gets past that, it's just, it's all fun. She never takes it too seriously, even though it's a serious project with a serious goal and a lot of effort going into it, but just super fun. All right, uh, just a couple more clips. Here's one where she's about to make the quote unquote, the big cut into the, into the top of the car, just <laughs> cutting through metal. So we just finished stripping out everything in the car. We still have some wiring loom to pull back, but then we're ready to make the big cut. It's time. It really feels like we're preparing the car for surgery. Rich unplugged the 12 volt battery that goes to the main computer. So it's like asleep, <laughs> that's anesthesia. Marcos has been marking out like the surgery lines or the cut lines. And we're also putting out all these like welding blankets, which feels like putting out surgery cloth. Dressing the patient. Yeah, we kind of know what we're doing or we don't, but we're very good at improvising. It's almost a year since I had my surgery. So there's a symmetry. Here we go. Here comes the big cut. Patient is stable. We're coming in about three minutes into the surgery. It's looking good. There you go. <laughs> oh man, listen to that. That is major Model 3 surgery going on right there, but their plan is working. They've gutted the interior, they've gutted the trunk, and they've removed the roof glass prior to, to that cut. So uh, one more clip, just a final clip. And again, highly recommend you go and watch the entire 30-minute video. Her YouTube channel can be found at youtube.com slash Simone Yetch, and it's actually spelled uh, G-I-E-R-T-Z. So it's uh, Simone, S-I-M. O-N-E-G-I-E-R-T-Z. And here is Simone talking about her plan for Truckla after she films her fake pickup truck commercial that, uh, that they, <laughs> they talk about towards the end of the video. So the long-term plan for Truckla. I mean, it's completely drivable, but this is like the long haul part of the project because we need to waterproof it, properly seal off the cab, work on the interior, put in bed liner. There's a bunch of body work that still needs to get done. I wanted to get a new paint job. We need to work on the wiring. I also want to put in a lift kit, just like a little bit, tiny lift. And I really want to keep on getting more people on board for this project. So if you're in the automotive industry in California and you wanna work on Truckla, shoot us an email. Our budget is limited to like high fives and snacks, but we're, we're pretty good company. Scott, tells them we're good company. The best company? We're, yeah, we're, we're the best company. <laughs>
congratulations to Simone and her team on what seriously is an incredible achievement. I mean, even if you don't like what she's done to the Model 3, you absolutely have to respect it. I mean, that is just a heck of a project, and she actually did it. I'll tell you, I'm going to be looking for Truckla around San Francisco because if you watch the video and you're, <laughs> you live here, the streets in the video look an awful lot like San Francisco streets. So uh, good stuff, Simone. That was a, a really fun story this week. But next up, another change coming to the paint options on all Teslas. Elon tweeting out, quote, starting next month, meaning July, Tesla will charge $1,000 for the color black, the same price as silver, meaning uh, midnight metallic silver, or pardon me, midnight silver metallic. And someone followed up asking, is that replacing, or are they replacing black with another quote unquote free color? And Elon said, a simple white, not the pearl multicoat. So that means, yes, the flat white is back. It had been retired since before the Model 3 started shipping. So it's been at least a couple years, if not more like three. I mean, I suppose Tesla figures that maybe too many people are ordering black, so they'd best start monetizing it. But I don't, I don't know what other explanation makes sense. And even if we are going with that premise, are people ordering black because it's the free one? And now, so I'm not, I'm not quite sure the, uh, the full explanation and logic on that one. But, uh, what I do wonder, I think more, more significantly is, is this going to hurt sales of the multi-coat pearl white paint? That's $2,000. You know, if you've got a flat white and you've got the multi-coat now I've seen them side by side, there is definitely a difference. Whereas, uh, for the brief time that Tesla offered the obsidian black metallic that had a, a flake in it, which by the way, that, that obsidian black was the last time that the Model 3 got a new color, the, the last and only time up to date. But you could, I, I have seen the, the flat black and the obsidian black metallic side by side, and it's, you can tell them apart, but it's, they're pretty close in my, in my humble opinion. So um, I think there probably is a difference based on my recollection from, from again, seeing both uh, in person, there is a bigger difference between the flat white and the, the pearl white multi-coat. But I do wonder if, if this will eat into the, the pearl white multi-coat sales a little bit. But um, yeah, that obsidian black metallic, that was the other quote-unquote new color for the Model 3. It lasted a mere couple of months at best. There are probably not a lot of those out in the fleet, but... Uh, Elon did continue the conversation briefly. He said, in replying to my friend Trevor from Tesla Owners Online, Elon saying that we probably shouldn't expect any proper new colors for the foreseeable future because Elon saying to Trevor, quote, changing the palette is hell on service because cars last for 20 years. Every color change has a long tail of hurt, especially for Model 3, end quote. So, what he means, of course, is that Tesla, every time they introduce a color, has to keep that paint around for service use. I mean, heck, they've still got signature red hanging around for the what's probably no more than a couple thousand total S's and X's, if that, in the entire world that have that car. Because, you know, the first 
thousand S's, first thousand X's, and I think they did uh, regional batches of those too, but not everybody that, that had a signature model chose signature red. So, you know, SIG red is super rare, but Tesla has to keep it around. Uh, so that's kind of what Elon is referring to with, with new colors. But if Tesla did add another color, my, you know, color, paint color on a car is probably the most subjective thing ever. So you'll certainly have your own opinion. My humble opinion would be to see Tesla do a green uh, and ideally a, a darker green, maybe, maybe not quite as dark as the original Model S green that was offered uh, right right at the onset of Model S production. If, by the way, if you've never seen or perhaps even heard of Model S green, don't worry, you're not alone. It didn't last very long, and it wasn't super popular, and it obviously got discontinued, so you, there just aren't a lot of green Teslas, green Model Ss around to see. Uh, although... It was probably more popular than Tesla's brown. Yes, they also had a brown. There are some brown Model S's in existence. Uh, the brown, at least here in the Bay Area, where there are, there's a relatively high concentration of Teslas, I almost never see the brown. I see that even less often than I see the green. But the green, Tesla's green was was so dark that it was almost black. Like in certain lights, particularly you know lower light, it just looked black. So... Um, I'd love to see, which, which was actually how the original blue was on the Model S as well. The original metallic blue was a super, super dark blue. My cousin Pat has that blue on his 2013 Model S, and he loves it. He actually, he is bummed that if and when he decides to get a Model X someday, he won't be able to get it in that color. But uh, yeah, I'd, I'd love to see green come back. Again, maybe not quite that dark, but you know, maybe something close, something approximating, something in the neighborhood of British racing green. I think that would be nice. I mean, I'm in love with my red. I'm not looking to get a, a green car myself, but I think it would it would look nice on all three cars, on the S, on the X, and on the three. I think it would be a good complement to all the other colors. You know, it, it's something different than a, a shade of black or gray, <laughs> which is what which is what most of the color palette is in the Tesla lineup now. So, We'll see. Uh, don't hold your breath, basically, for, for any new colors from Tesla anytime soon. Finally this week, battery recycling and how healthy battery production and the aftermath of electric vehicle battery use is for the environment is often raised as a concern about electric vehicles by curious people or Worse, it's often weaponized as FUD as a means to try and discredit electric cars by certain other agents out there. Well, uh, this week, Elon Musk took to Twitter to address someone's very totally rational, non-threatening question on that topic late this week. Uh, this Twitter user said, at the Monroe Systems Electric Vehicle Engineering Deep Dive Conference today, their battery expert, Mark Ellis, says that Tesla Model 3 batteries are extremely impractical to recycle. To paraphrase, you might as well throw them away and buy a new car. Elon Musk, is this true? Elon replied saying, quote, no, we're already recycling them. Tesla is putting significant resources into high efficiency battery recycling. Makes both environmental and economic sense. Please consider joining if interested in recycling engineering, end quote. Well, uh, glad to, you know, it's always good for Elon to put that out there. Uh, you know, just, just 
lay out the facts on that. I wanted to dig a little deeper this, uh, deeper in this for you, for especially for those of you who might be newer listeners. The uh, the fact is, Tesla actually they addressed this years and years ago, 2011, back in the original Roadster days, and their process has only continued to improve since then. So here uh, I found a blog uh, on Tesla.com from 2011 by Tesla's then Director of Energy Storage Systems, Kurt Kelty. Here's just a little excerpt of it. Kurt writes, let's focus on Tesla's recycling process with Umicore, which is the first time we've been able to use a closed loop recycling system. Umicore's factory plants are able to recycle our batteries into completely reusable materials and substantially reduce the carbon footprint of manufacturing lithium ion batteries. The Umicore battery recycling technology is able to save at least 70% on CO2 emissions at the recovery and refining of these valuable metals. It does this by creating products and byproducts rather than following a mechanical separation process. Working with Umicore has allowed us to completely recycle the Roadster battery packs profitably without special financial incentives necessary to promote recycling, as opposed to the lithium uh, manganese or lithium iron phosphate chemistries used in the electric vehicles just hitting the road now. I don't know what vehicles those would have been in 2011, but side note. Anyway, it continues. Soon we will have the ability to recycle our batteries back into their raw materials. Specifically, the, the metals can be reused in the battery cells, and any plastics can be reclaimed and used to mold new plastic parts for our vehicles. The technology to enable this is available today, and it's profitable. We already reuse cobalt in the batteries. The overall closed-loop recycling system becomes possible and much more efficient once the quantities rise to a level to justify the investment for recycling of the other components, especially the plastic. We take great pride in the ability to recycle our batteries, and with Umicore, we are one very large step closer to a closed loop of material use with our vehicles. So again, that is eight years ago Tesla was on this, and they have continued to do that. Um, In fact, more recently, last year, Elon said that Tesla is now working on new battery technologies that will completely eliminate cobalt from the product altogether, which is uh, one of those, you know, it's, a, it's an earth metal that is is brought up as, as a concern with electric vehicles. So good progress being made by Tesla. I figured I would run through all that. I know that was kind of a mouthful to, to say and, and an earful to listen to. And that wasn't even half the blog. But I figured I'd, I'd just uh, relay that so that if someone ever asks you about this with your Tesla when you're out and about, says, hey, aren't those things horrible for the environment when they're, when they're done with the car? You can tell them that Tesla's batteries are indeed recyclable and have been for many, many years. All right, that is the end of the news for this week. I'll come right back. I've got an action-packed Ride the Lightning hotline. Plenty of great calls from you guys to talk through right after this. Time for the Ride the Lightning Hotline. This is the part of the show where you guys call in with your Tesla-related comments, questions, and discussion topics. You can reach me in one of two easy ways. Either use your smartphone's built-in voice recording software, record your question, and email it to me at 
teslapodcast at gmail.com. Or you can call and leave a message on the Ride the Lightning hotline, which you can find toll-free at 1-888-989-8752. That's 1-888-989-TSLA. Either way, please keep your call to 90 seconds or less, minute and a half or less, so that I can get to as many people each week as possible. And the Ride the Lightning hotline is provided kindly by LifeOnRecord.com. If you know someone special with an upcoming birthday, anniversary, graduation, or some other special occasion, you can give them a unique gift of recorded voices from friends and family telling them why they're special. The recordings can be podcasted like I do with them, or you can put them onto a keepsake. LifeOnRecord.com. Thank you for that cough. Daisy the Boxer Puppy, well-timed, right in the middle of the podcast. Uh, Let's start with a caller from Norway. Wants to talk about Model 3 and the air suspension option. Go ahead. Hello, Ryan. This is Max from Norway. Long-time listener. Uh, I was just just listening to episode 202, and uh, like you, actually, I was missing my car last week. I had it uh, detailed and ceramic coated and windows tinted and stuff, and it looks great. Um, and it's just such a good car to get back to. I mean, the way it drives, the way it rides, the suspension setup is very, very well. I've been lucky to drive a lot of sports cars, and uh, and, and it's firm without ever being crashing, which is something that everybody managed to pull off, particularly given the car's weight. But one thing that made the car nigh on perfect, and there was talk of, I remember, years ago, Sports suspension on the car. Um, and then you could just have a WASP mode when you wanted it, and sport mode when you wanted that. Did that just vanish in the midst of time and then Tesla's priorities? Or uh, or am I just wanting a function that maybe is not uh, necessary? What are your thoughts on that? Thanks. Give up the good work. Bye. Thank you for the call. Well, air suspension has been a topic that I had personally been interested in for quite some time prior to getting my Model 3 last year. If you've been listening for a while, you know that I have a very weird driveway on a, on a slope, and I had really wanted my Model 3 to have an air suspension option so that I could more easily navigate that driveway without bottoming the car out every single time I come in and out of it. And Elon had actually replied to my question about it uh, quite some time ago on Twitter, way prior to the release of the dual motor and performance models. And at the time, he had said, next year, meaning this year. And uh, it was on my list of questions. In fact, during my Elon interview, I just didn't get to it. I ended up, uh, I ended up modifying my driveway itself rather than, <laughs> since I couldn't get a car, well, I couldn't get a Model 3 with air suspension, I ended up uh, doing a little a little um, hack to my driveway, as it were. But anyway, you know, I, I at this point, I am doubting that it's ever going to come, at least any time in the foreseeable future, because Tesla, they simply have to focus, and they've shown every intention of focusing on efficiency, and productivity. And the fact of the matter is, the Model 3 is selling great as is. They seemingly don't need to offer any new options on the car for a while, and as such, I don't think they're in any hurry to add any additional complexity to the manufacturing process. So, in short, no, I I personally don't think it's happening anytime soon, if it ever does. But then again, this is Tesla. They do make 
big changes on the fly without notice at random points in, in the year. There's no model years. So it could happen, but I am uh, personally not betting on it, unfortunately. Next up, George from Portland replying to Brad from Minnesota last week, whose friend had a bad experience with the Standard Range Plus and has a, a point of clarification on that. George, go ahead. Hey, Ryan, this is George from Portland, Oregon, and I'm responding to Brad from Minnesota, episode 202. He was talking about a friend who had bought a Standard Range Plus and had a couple of problems and I guess returned it. And one of the problems was that the home link was a $300 add-on. And you replied by saying that essentially that was for cutting costs. Well, apparently that's actually for all cars who do not get the option. It's $300 when you order your car. And it does not matter which trim line you get. You will have to pay $300 to add it later. All right. Thank you. Bye-bye. George, you are indeed correct. Thank you so much for the correction. And my apologies for not giving the complete truth on that. I actually didn't know that. So, George, you, I, this is why I love this podcast. And this is why I love the, the hotline portion specifically. Because I do my very professionally, journalistically trained best to get information correct. But I'm human. I don't always do it. I thought that the Homelink omission was only on the Standard Range and Standard Range Plus cars, but it is, in fact, on all the cars now, which is which is really a shame. Um, yeah, it's, quote-unquote, only 300 bucks to order it, but in order for you to get it, a Tesla tech has to come out and take the front face off your car, so it'd be better if it was just, you know, if you could just order it in there when it's built in the first place, but... A bummer overall, you know, I mean, the way I'm trying to think about Tesla's logic on this, maybe Tesla has data from the cars, since every single Tesla is connected to the via to the mothership via a cellular connection, you know, they might have the data that says that uh, many, many of the cars just aren't using the Homelink functionality. And so they figure, okay, well, we'll just cut it out and save some money. And so, and then the people that do want it, can order it after the fact. I mean, that's the only good reason I can think of to omit it besides just a, a sheer cost-cutting move. But thank you again, George. Let's go to Joey from Florida. He just got a standard range plus and has a question about it. Joey, you're on the air. Hey, Ryan, this is Joey calling in from Florida. I'm actually a, a new owner of a standard range plus model three. And one of the questions that I haven't been clear on is whether or not I'll be able to take advantage of the V3 superchargers. I know there's been a lot of discussion around those lately, and I'm trying to get a, a more clear answer on if the standard range plus and, and I guess also the standard range models will have, um, you know, any any new – we'll be able to take advantage of the, the V3 superchargers. All right. Thanks so much. I appreciate all you do. Joey, I'm afraid I don't have a definitive answer, but the good news is that we should have one soon because the very first public V3 supercharger has opened at the Fremont factory, and I'll actually talk more about that. I went by and visited it to test it out. I'll talk about that later in the show, but from what I can find online, the Standard Range Plus has topped out at 105 kilowatts, even on the 150 kilowatt V2 superchargers. So it does appear to be unlikely that the standard range and standard range plus cars will be able to take full advantage of V3, but stay tuned. We'll, we should have a final answer here in the not too distant future. 
A longtime listener, first-time caller, Nick from Southwest Ohio is up next, and he's uh, got a question about purchasing. Go ahead, Nick. Hey, Ryan. This is Nick from Southwest Ohio. Uh, long-time listener, first-time caller, listening to you guys for a pretty long time, and I think uh, me and my wife are looking into finally making our transition to electric vehicles. Uh, in doing so, I was wondering if you had any recommendations for sites or resources for looking at uh, transitioning our home for electric vehicle chargers. If you have any insights or can help me out in any way, I'd greatly appreciate it. Thanks, Ryan. I appreciate the time and effort and uh, love the show. Thanks. Bye. Hi, Nick. Thanks for calling in. Well, I think the best move is to go in and talk to an employee at a Tesla store because they deal with that very question every single day. When I, I, mean, I mentioned a minute ago that I went to the Fremont factory to test out V3 supercharging over this past weekend. And when I was there, I was hanging out in the lounge and there was a sales associate answering exactly those questions for a family that was there and they were looking to buy a Tesla, but they wanted to find out that very information. So taking a look uh, at, a, at a, just a, a Tesla store map, it looks like Cincinnati is probably the closest one to you. I'm not sure, you know, exactly how close, uh, given the data you gave me. But if it's not too far, I would seriously suggest taking a ride over there sometime. And hopefully uh, the Tesla employees there can can get the all the information you need. So good luck with it. And hey, have fun. Uh, next up, V from L.A., was in for a recall, but encountered a, a, a small side effect afterwards. Let's see if I can help out. V. Hi, Ryan. Thank you for all the hard work that you put into the podcast. This is Beans from LA, and I have a question about detailing. Um, I took my Model S to the service center to have the airbags replaced uh, because of the Takata recall, and they took great care of me, and I was in and out in about an hour. Uh, but unfortunately, a couple of days later, I realized that the technician had left some fingerprints on the headliner around the A and B pillars. Any thoughts on how to clean those? I have uh, the regular light headliner, not Alcantara, which I believe is the same material used for the Model 3. The fabric seems rather absorbent, and I'm afraid of using any random cleaner and making things worse. I did some digging online, but no luck. Any thoughts? Thank you for your time. Uh, cheers to the first 200 plus shows and to the many more to come. Well, thanks for your call, and I'm sorry that happened to you. The good news is that it's fixable if it's not too bad. So I, I needed some expertise on this. I reached out to my detailer, Jeff, at Immaculate Reflections, and Jeff told me that there, uh, you can really only clean very light surface dirt on that headliner material with the way the material is and the way it's it's glued in and installed. So uh, he said that heavy soiling or oil or grease is probably not likely to come out without methods that are going to probably damage the material and the glue. But he said if it is a nice light thing that, that you can clean off, uh, the best product to use is called Folex, F-O-L-E-X. He says it's pretty cheap, it's effective, and you can get it at Home Depot. He says use a very, and he emphasized all caps, very light spray of Folex on a damp microfiber cloth and gently wipe, don't rub, gently wipe the surface. So hopefully you can get it uh, taken care of. Good luck. Justin from Calgary is up next, 
and uh, has a Model S service issue. Go ahead, Justin. Hi, Ryan. This is Justin from Calgary, and I'm a fairly recent subscriber, but a big fan of your podcast. I've actually been making my way through all your older casts when I have time, and I've been learning a lot. The reason I'm calling is due to a recent experience I had at my local service center. Part of my Model S headlight burnt out, so I stopped by to schedule a service. I was told that they weren't taking appointments until mid-July. That's a month out, and it really surprised me. Having owned a Tesla since 2017, I've become accustomed to booking my car within a week or dropping by even day of to have small issues resolved. I knew that that was too good to be true at the time, but I really appreciated the quick service as well as getting to know the service staff by first name. Having to book a headlight replacement a month out seems a bit excessive to me, so I'll be trying their mobile service for the first time because that was only a 10-day wait. I'm wondering if other owners are noticing a similar change since the Model 3 release, and if anyone else is concerned that service may not be scaling with sales. As a shareholder, I'm ecstatic about the rapid growth, but as an owner, eh, I'm not so sure. I'll be interested to see how this mobile service goes, as it's a totally new experience for me, and I look forward to hearing your feedback. Thanks, Ryan. Hey, Justin. Welcome to the podcast, and I'm sorry to hear about your Model S headlight. My hope is that Tesla prioritizes based on their limited resources, and in in your situation, maybe it just wasn't a critical thing, so they bumped you back, but even if that is the case, that doesn't excuse the long wait. I'm I'm just trying to think of a half-decent reason for why that long wait may be, but still, I share your same concern about service capacity keeping pace with the growth of the fleet overall. I mean, it's admittedly a bit harder for me to see here in the Bay Area because even though we have a ton of Teslas, we also have a lot of service centers and mobile service support. Now, on that note, though, I'll say if you do go ahead and and do that mobile service, I have love the mobile service that I've had. Like it's fun to talk to the tech, every mobile tech I've ever talked to, which has been three or four of them now, uh, from tire stuff and, and, um, at Kettleman city on the way back from LA when I didn't actually have any problems, but just talk to them anyway. And yeah, it, the, the mobile service techs in my experience have just been fantastic. It's been great service, great people. So I'm very confident that if you go that route, uh, you will have an excellent experience too. You know, Tesla, they make that mobile service super convenient and you get the same quality service that you would at an actual service center. So let me know how it goes and all the best to you. Next up, another new listener. I love all these new listeners calling in. This is so great. Uh, calling in with regard to Tesla in China and a particular aspect of how they will be doing business over there. Hi, Ryan. Uh, Shinobi here. Just uh, started listening to your podcast and love how you break it all down. Uh, I actually had a question about STT, Force Technology Transfer Law, in China, and if this will affect Tesla in any way. Uh, I heard they are exempt now, but what would happen if the government decided to change their mind? Uh, Thanks, and keep up the great work. Welcome to the podcast. Thanks for giving it a try. Uh, Fortunately, Tesla, as you mentioned in your call, they got an exemption. The first that I'm aware of, though I admit I'm no expert, the first I'm aware of, though, to a foreign company so that Tesla completely owns the Shanghai Gigafactory and does not have to share anything with the Chinese government in return for for doing business there. Uh, I don't know what might happen if a new government regime ever came in and, say, changed their minds. 
Uh, I can tell you that I used to own a DeLorean, my original dream car when I was a kid. And if you are familiar at all with the DeLorean story, that basically happened to DeLorean at their factory in Ireland, and it didn't end well. There was a regime change, and let's say the story ended after DeLorean went under with the the body dies used to stamp out the stainless steel body panels. Uh, they ended up getting thrown in the ocean by the new regime in government there. So that's how uh, that's how non amicable it was <laughs> in DeLorean's situation. But the good news is that China is hungry for good electric cars. Tesla, by operating there, they're doing the country a service by pushing EVs into the market and pushing good cars, desirable EVs, into the market as China seeks to clean up their air. So there's certainly no reason to worry about anything in the foreseeable future, in my humble opinion. So take it for what it's worth. <laughs> Thanks so much for calling in. few more calls this week. Kevin from Dublin. Uh, wanted to talk about more video game stuff uh, in, in response to the Todd Howard, Elon Musk conversation that I played a couple clips from last week. Kevin, you're on the air. Hi, Ryan. It's Kevin here, Connor from Dublin again. Uh, I have a query stemming from the clip of Todd Howard in conversation with uh, Elon at E3 uh, from episode 202. Uh, I think you're probably best place to speak to this query given your day job. Um, it's not surprising that games like Skyrim um, won't be ported directly to the Tesla platform. But my question is, um, as gaming moves away from dedicated consoles uh, and more to streaming services on any device, uh, such as the Google Stadia uh, or the Microsoft xCloud, um, do you think it would be feasible to stream these services on the Tesla screen in the future? Um it seems like a like an open goal, really, uh, unless I'm missing some sort of technical limitation, which some of your listeners may be better play, place to speak to. Uh, and it's it's clearly something that I think Elon would really get behind as an avid gamer himself. Um, anyway, just a just a just a question for everyone there. See see what they think. Uh, thanks again, and safe driving to everyone. Well, Kevin, it's definitely possible. I mean, many people seem to think that the likes of Stadia and xCloud won't really hit their stride until 5G wireless rolls out, but it does work over the existing LTE. I got to try xCloud at E3 real quick, and, and it works. Uh, and I think a colleague, couple colleagues got to check out Stadia. So anyway, there's, there's just no doubt in my mind that if Tesla ever did pursue such a thing, and and I agree that it would make a lot of sense given the storage constraints in the cars that you heard Elon talk about in my interview with him, that it would come with a subscription service cost. That is my opinion on that. Because Elon also talked about the strain on the cellular network that all these games could potentially bring as people download them. And Tesla currently foots the bill for their AT&T network service, or I suppose they did foot the bill up until the premium connectivity package rolled out last year and will start coming due for the first batch of customers this summer because they gave everybody one year free. But yes, I think absolutely that we might see that happen someday. Thank you, Kevin, for your call. Let's stay in Dublin, Ireland. I love that city. Uh, I would love to go back. Let's go to John from Dublin, and he's got a couple questions as he gets set to order a Standard Range Plus Model 3. Go ahead, John. Hi, Ryan. John from Dublin, Ireland here. 
Thank you for your wonderful podcast, which I recently discovered, and it's now become my very favourite podcast of the week. I'm very keen to place an order, if I can, for a Model 3 Standard Plus, which is becoming available here shortly in Ireland as a left-hand drive car. I'm having a bit of a challenge getting my household on board because of the big costs involved, so I'm hoping you might be able to answer me the following questions. They are rather long-range ones, but important. Number one, in terms of retaining their value for resale, how do Teslas, and perhaps especially the Model 3, compare with other electric cars? Second, I'm looking at opting in for the full self-drive capability software package. In the event of upgrading later to another Tesla, do I get to carry this forward to my new car, or do I have to purchase it anew? And finally, we like to travel frequently to continental Europe, where, of course, it's all right-hand driving. Can my left-hand drive autopilot and self-drive capability automatically convert to a continental driving? I'd be very grateful for any help you can give. Thanks ever so much again. Bye. John, thank you for the call. And just to to my listeners out there, if you you may, like me, have been a little confused by that call, Uh, John meant driving on the left-hand side of the road in in uh, the UK versus driving on the, the right side of the road. He wasn't talking about left-hand drive, you know, where the steering wheel is in the car. I was a little confused with that. I had to follow up with him to make sure he and I were on the same page, but we got on the same page. But anyway, uh, John, to your questions, number one, so far, the Model S, actually the Model 3 and the Model S, all three of them, their resale values specifically have been tremendous. Now, if uh, if you want to look to Elon Musk, Elon has repeatedly uh, recently said that buying, in his opinion, buying any car except for an EV that's upgradable to full self-driving, which, spoiler alert, is only a Tesla at this stage in time. But he has repeatedly used the term financially insane for buying any other car Uh, besides an EV that's upgradable to full self-driving. So whether or not you agree with Elon is another matter, but so far the market is bearing out that that the resale values on Teslas are doing really great. Uh, And, you know, Elon was very confident in his uh, his statements on that. But question number two, the full self-driving will not follow you to the next car. That is definitive, uh, that, you know, Obviously not what you want to hear, but that is Tesla's policy on that. And number three, that is a great question. I have to say, I've not considered that before. I would think that it should work, but I'm, I admit I'm not 100% sure. So I want to put this out to my audience. Have any of you out there with right-hand drive S's or X's bought, uh, in, that are in the UK brought your car to Europe and to, to mainland Europe and used it autopilot there or vice versa. So if you've got experience sort of crossing over literally and figuratively, I guess, I would love to know the answer to that. And uh, we can get the answer to John as well. So John, thanks for the call. And our final caller this week, last and certainly not least, is another first time caller. Bjorn from Belgium thinks that Elon Musk may have uh, left a little breadcrumb in his recent shareholder meeting speech. Go ahead, Bjorn. Hey, Ryan. This is Bjorn from Belgium calling in for the first time. I'm actually calling in because I believe that Elon left 
a clue of where the new gigafactory in Europe is going to be. In the, he did that in the last uh, shareholder meeting. And actually what he said is when they showed up the picture, the generic picture of, um, of the Europe gigafactory, he actually said literally, this is just a generic picture of the of Europe. And I believe he misspoke himself there and maybe uh, he might, uh, was going to say the Netherlands, which would make sense, of course. It's a central place in, in Europe and also they are already uh, active in, in uh, the Netherlands. So, yeah, not sure what you think, but I think that was a nice clue maybe that not everybody noticed. Thanks. Here later. Bye. Hello, Bjorn. Welcome to the podcast. And to your theory here, it's certainly possible. We know that Elon Musk is a person that tends to speak his mind. And he's also a person that when he speaks, he will often just change course mid-sentence. So he may very well have caught himself there. That is that is entirely possible. I suppose we'll have to bookmark your phone call here on this episode and file it away for whenever the announcement is actually made, presumably later this year, and see if your detective-worthy listening skills were indeed correct on this one. Thanks to everybody for calling in. Again, I invite you, I welcome you to call in. I love this part of the show. I think it adds a lot to it to have uh, the community voices, more voices than just mine in here. So keep those calls coming. And we'll do this again next week. All right. For now, let me take a very short break and I'll come right back and tell you about my first experience using the V3 superchargers right after this. So as I mentioned earlier in the show, I did stop by the V3 superchargers that are now installed at the Fremont factory. So there are 12 superchargers there. A thing to know if you go though, only the the eight that are closest to you when you drive up are V3s. The four in the back, which are the last three on the left, and there's one uh, that's a a pull-in forward spot, presumably for maybe a Model X with with a camper or something that it's towing. Those are V2s. They are labeled. They say V2 on them, but you can't see that from far away. You can only see it up close. Uh, But anyway, went by there and had to wait in a bit of a line, which is not a surprise at all at the factory. It tends to be a very popular charging spot. There are a lot of Teslas around there. And uh, I was all excited. I tried to drain my battery. We'd driven down. It was Father's Day, and we'd driven down to Santa Cruz, not only to go to Santa Cruz somewhere nice, you know, hang out there, but but also doing double duty as a way to drain the battery so that I could try to get to the Fremont Superchargers with as low of a state of charge as possible and thus be able to uh, get a high, as high of a charging rate, supercharging rate as possible. So uh, I had to wait a few minutes and then I finally get in there and I start I'm recording it on my phone. I'm like, this is gonna be this is gonna be good for Instagram, <laughs> but alas, I peaked at uh, 460 miles per hour, which is 113 kilowatts, a far cry from the 250 kilowatt max, and and I was at a 29% state of charge. So not super low, but reasonably low. It should have been higher than that. 
so I, I was in the lounge inside while the car is charging up, and and I think somebody the the store manager there because uh, it's it's a it's a it's a showroom and a gallery as well caught me uh, caught me looking at my phone. I was like, is everything okay? And and I just said, oh, you know, I was I was I came here to check these out, and I was hoping for more than. Uh, then, you know, I was hoping to see something closer to the 1,000 mile per hour, you know, 250 kilowatt charging rate. And he actually went back and talked to, I guess, some engineers or some team members uh, in the back. And, yeah, came back out and found me. And he said, yeah, apparently, they're, he said, well, they're, they're brand new, which I knew that. He said, they're still working out some of the kinks. But evidently, the A-B stalls are shared right now the same way that they are on v2s whereas full power v3 you don't have to share so tesla's cars can all be parked right next to each other and everybody will get as high of a charge rate as the car is capable of but evidently at this point in time or at least then as of last weekend they were they were shared and so because every Every stall was full and there was a person next to me. That would absolutely explain why I peaked at 113 kilowatts with a 29% state of charge rather than, you know, if, if it hadn't been shared, we could say, well, double that. And I would have been at like 226 or pretty darn close to, to 250 with a, you know, about, about a 29% battery. So that explains it still, you know, it's a little bit of a bummer, but hey, yeah, as I certainly give them the benefit of the doubt you know, these, they had just opened like a week or less prior to that. And I will have to go back again at some point in the future to, uh, to try it out, but a nice excuse to drive over to the factory anyway. All right, before I get out of here, we've got the pro tip of the week. Now I've got a nice big stash of these going, feel free to keep them coming. If you have figured out something neat about your car, that's you know, maybe a little shortcut, a little something that's not obvious that you want to share with the audience, you can call in same way that you, you do uh, the regular ride the lightning hotline calls and send that my way. This tip of the week comes from Pete in Dallas. Go ahead, Pete. Hey Ryan, Pete from Dallas. Um, so my tip of the, the week is something that in six plus years of Tesla ownership I didn't know, but um, if you press and hold the trunk button on your key fob, then it pops open the charging port. Um, it turns out that is in the manual, but of course no one reads the manual, and that works on S and X and 3 if you have the key as well. So maybe that'll come in useful for someone. Cheers, bye. Oh, that's a good one. Thank you very much, Pete, for calling in with that. Uh, before I go, a few plugs here. I want to mention a new special offer from Immaculate Reflections, uh, the fantastic detailer who's taken such good care of me and my car. Immaculate Reflections is currently offering $100 off any ceramic coating or a paint protection package. Uh, paint protection film, I should say. So, uh, And furthermore, if you do a full-body paint protection film, you know, do the whole car as opposed to just the front part of it. They are offering $250 off of that. So you can get in touch with Jeff at Immaculate Reflections to get on his schedule because he does book up. You can look him up at his website, irdetailing.com, and you can see reviews and examples of his work 
on the website, but uh, more specifically on Yelp or Instagram. On Yelp, it's yelp.com slash immaculate reflections. And on Instagram, his handle is immaculate underscore reflections. Meanwhile, abstractocean.com kindly continues to run their 15% off offer for first-time buyers. So I know, you know, I've been talking a lot today about how uh, how it's great it is to have a bunch of new listeners coming in from after the Elon interview. So if you're in the market for Tesla accessories, they specialize, I would say specialize in lighting. So uh, puddle lights to go uh, easily install into the bottom of your doors so that in, in any of the Teslas, so that it shines a, uh, a specific light right down on there, like the bat signal. You can get the, the Tesla T logo, S logo, X logo, three logo, etc. cetera. But um, they've got the tempered glass screen protectors for the Model 3 screen. They've got, if you want to do the Roadster style T-E-S-L-A lettering on the back of your car, you can get that kit, do that. So they got all kinds of neat stuff. Browse around, check it out, abstractocean.com. And the coupon code to get 15% off of your first order is RTL Podcast. All one word, RTL Podcast. Use that at checkout for that 15% off discount. Meanwhile, uh, you can find me on Patreon, which is uh, patreon.com slash Tesla Podcast. That is the ultimate way you can support the podcast, which I, I would sincerely appreciate if you decide to consider that. Learn more at that website. Uh, all the details are there, but you know, a lot of time, a lot of energy, a lot of love, a lot of effort goes into this podcast. If you see fit to support it, that is the place to do so. Uh, you can always email me, teslapodcast at gmail.com. Follow me on Twitter and or Instagram at DMC underscore Ryan. Uh, if you're picking up a Jada wireless charging pad, if you've got a Qi compatible wireless phone, or I should say smartphone that can charge wirelessly, and you'd like to uh, get a, a charging mat for that that fits perfectly in your Model 3, it's designed for it. Uh, I love the Jada one. Again, the V2, the version 2 one they have now is so good. It's uh, the, the first one was good. This one's what the original should have been, I'm going to be honest. It's really great. It is it is uh, launch-proof. You can launch a Performance Model 3, and the phone will not go sliding out or flying out of the charger. Uh, I don't have a discount code for it, but they uh, kindly throw me a few bucks if you order it through my referral link. So if you do decide to buy one of those, I would sincerely appreciate it if you would buy it through this link, which is getjada.com slash R-E-F slash eight. And Jada is spelled J-E-D-A. Supercharging referrals. Get that thousand miles of free supercharging by using someone's referral code, preferably not mine, but if you need somebody's, anybody's to just make sure you get that free 1,000 miles of free supercharging when you order, you can order through my link, which is ts.la slash Ryan73014. Just type that into a browser and proceed from there. Uh, You can subscribe to this podcast, which I highly recommend. Again, that's a free thing. There's no money attached to that. 
that is simply, it simply means that the podcast will download to you automatically each week, so you don't have to remember to go find it. It will find you. You can subscribe on pretty much all the major podcast services, including iTunes, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, which reminder, TuneIn is in the Teslas, so if you have a Tesla, you can find this podcast in there right in your car. Uh, You can also find me on Spotify or on YouTube as well. But just set expectations. The YouTube is just audio. My face is not there, (laughs) which is, believe me, it's for the best. Uh, And finally this week, as always, I want to thank the Patreon producers. This is the, the tier of people. They support me on Patreon at the producer tier, so they get early access to each week's episode, they get a bonus episode each month, and they get their name shouted out in the thanks here at the end every week. So a huge thanks goes out to the following people, DJ Harbaugh, Pete White, Wolfgang Obergen, George Cassioppo, David Brander, Jonathan Wales, Alexi Heft, Logan Willis, Matthew Parra, Michael Lester, Robert Maracle, Jason Chalukas, Joe Edgel, Tim Hyde, Marcus Mayenschein, Lars Hoffman, Lawton from Chicago, Peter Chalet, Rome Strack, David Vakil, Ulrich Lassa, Luke A., Eric Randolph, David Nondahl, Gabriel Salais, Jerry and Mary Smith, Brian Hope, Bill Royko, Lyle Austin, Joel Sapp, Dory and Steve Guberman, Luxendary.com, Michael Waddle, Daniel Grummer, Josh, Jeremy, Jeremy Harris, Tesla Owners Taiwan, Rob Brewer, My Tesla Adventure, Ron Lee, Larry Lynch, Lambert Lee, Chris Knesnick, John Cody, Matthew Wright, Aaron Appleby, and Charlie Gillespie. Thank you all so, so much for your continued support. That is what fuels this whole operation uh, from a practical, logistical standpoint. So thank you all so much. And that brings us to the end of episode 203 for a napping Daisy the Boxer Puppy to my left. My name is Ryan McCaffrey. Thank you all so much for spending, oh, a week, a week, an hour plus of your week with me here. Uh, Happy electric motoring, and I'll see you back, as always, every Sunday at 9 a.m. Eastern, 6 a.m. Pacific. I mean, I think a Tesla is the most fun thing you could possibly buy ever. <laughs> That's what it's meant to be. Well, our goal is to make it's, – it's not exactly a car. It's actually a thing to maximize enjoyment. Mm. Make, it's maximum fun. 